0: And welcome to uh, this episode of the Bull and the Bear podcast here on MoneyAndMarkets.com. I'm uh, Matt Clark. Glad you're glad you're with us today. Um, I, I don't know if uh, anyone is is like I am, but getting prepped and, and pumped for that Fourth of July holiday coming up next week. So uh, that's that's on the horizon, but we've got, uh, we've got some things to get to. First, let me tell you that uh, in terms of the Bull and Bear podcast, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're also on iHeartRadio. You can uh, view this on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and type in the Bull and the Bear podcast and you'll see our little logo. Click there, subscribe. On any of these platforms, uh, feel free, leave us a comment, leave us a rating. We'd love to get any feedback that we can. If there's a particular topic that uh, you'd like us to talk about with any one of our any one of our regular guests or anyone that we can pull in, by all means, man, let us know because we uh, we really enjoy that kind of feedback and the feedback that you've been giving us so far has been great. So keep that going and and, uh, and keep that up. If you do have any individual questions or ideas, Bear at moneyandmarkets.com is our email address. Just email us anytime, and uh, we, uh, we will uh, take your feedback there and, uh, and, and run with it uh, as, as we often do. Today, you know, I'll preface today by, by talking about the economy. And, and I know some people kind of roll their eyes and go, oh, here we go, the economy. But I think there's something important that we need to hammer home here, and, and, and that is that a lot of investors correlate the stock market with the economy. And when you see it, the stock market is up, as it has been over the last couple of days. Not today, but over the last couple of days, the stock market has, been, has, has done very well. In fact, it's had a very impressive run. The NASDAQ has hit an all-time high. Uh, the S&P is, within, is under 10% away from its, its February high. The Dow is also not far behind. So when, when people see that and you think about that, you correlate it with the fact that, well, maybe our economy is doing well because the stock market is doing well. But well, what you have to understand is that that is not true. That is a, I mean, I hate to say it in such blunt terms, but that is a falsehood. That is, the stock market is not the economy. You've heard us talk about that time and time again here. And I think it's very important, especially leading into what we're going to discuss today. Um, my guest today is, is a, he's a new guest on, on the podcast. We hope to have him on uh, uh, many, many more times after this, because um, in terms of really understanding and, and, and being kind of a, a genius when it comes to understanding the economy me and the markets and their correlations. I mean, this guy knocks it out of the park let me first I, tell you that before he joined the entity he's with now, which is Banyan Hill publishing. Um, he was a controller for a fortune 100 company, not a fortune 500, a fortune 100 company, which means he was dealing with, um, a, a lot in terms of finance with, with a, a very large company. will name what the company is, but, um, you know, he was in, he was involved with, uh, as a controller for a fortune 100 company. He's also advised companies, attorneys, banks, and, and other entities as, as a turnaround consultant for uh, about 10, 12 years. Um, his education, he's got an MBA from the University of Chicago. He's a certified public accountant. He's also certified in, and I find this absolutely fascinating. We won't get into it a whole lot, but I love this, but he's certified in financial forensics. And just, just think about what that term means and, and how cool that is, and I, I really, uh, I, I'm really i really fascinated by, by what that is. And, you know, he, he uses his experience now. He's parlayed all these years of experience as a controller, um, as a consultant, uh, with his MBA, with his CPA, and, and, and he's used that and he's parlayed that to find undervalued companies uh, that are set to make big moves in the market. So basically, he's looking at companies that aren't there yet, but are going to be there. And he uses his 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 method to say, okay, this is this this company is about ready to make a big move. This is what you want to do with it. And and his track record is is solid. We won't get into his track record, but it is it is a solid one. And I encourage you to to check it out. We'll link to his uh, his bio in, in the show notes, so you can you can see that. Um, he is the co-editor of Profit Line, uh, which is uh, one of his services. Uh, he's also the editor of the Flow Matrix Alert, which is an options uh, an options uh, a bit as well. So he kind of covers the entire gambit, and with that, I'll I'll bring in Banning Hill Publishing's uh, Brian Christopher. Brian, first off, welcome uh, welcome to the Bull and the Bear, and we're certainly glad you could join us today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Matt.
0: You know, I I, I want to jump right in and, and and talk about this because when you and I were going back and forth about um, you, you know about the economy, I think you brought up some very interesting points, and, and and it really goes and it speaks to the fact that the stock market's behavior now, which is you know, a toss up. I mean, I think today, uh, indexes are down two to 3%. Um, you know, coronavirus playing a big part of that. But before that, the markets were making a massive run um, off of their off of their March lows and, and recovering nicely. And so, like I said, at the top, as an investor, you kind of maybe have this false sense of security that, okay, well, the stock market's great. So economically, you know, this, this coronavirus is behind us and, you know, things are going to thrive and get right back to normal. And that's just not the case. And I and I want you to explain to our, our viewers the same way you explained to me why that's true, because I think that your 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 evidence is is dead on the money. So talk about that a little bit and, and what you're seeing in terms of of how the stock market is behaving and why we shouldn't be um, looking at this as an economic indicator.
1: Uh, you're you're exactly right, Matt. Like all the major indices are up at least 40%. From from the bottom in March, uh, through uh, through through the 23rd or or yesterday, as we sit here and record this today, and that, I mean, it, it's a V-shaped recovery. Then I mean, the Nasdaq already took out its previous high from from uh, from February, and so it's easy to think that everything is good. But everybody knows that everything isn't good, even if you just look at the stock market, uh, you know, charts. Um, You've got you've got you need to look at the unemployment charts too. Um, unfortunately, um, one one of them that I've looked at recently is uh, it's called insured unemployment, and this is basically people who filed for unemployment and then some time passed a week, and then they can they continue to confirm their unemployment. That number has gone from 1.7 million people unemployed to more than 20.
0: And that's a huge and jump. That's it's massive. Un, it's, it's
1: unprecedented. That's also, that's also another word that we've heard a lot during this, uh, during this difficulty is unprecedented, but it's simply accurate. You know, some people, some people get sick of hearing the same word over and over, but um, it, it really is a, a great word to use to describe what we're going through.
0: It's, it's just, you know, we haven't seen anything like this. No one in our lifetime has seen, you know, First off, we haven't seen this type of a, of a pandemic with, with the coronavirus. Um, we, you, know, you know, there's reference to the Spanish flu, but that was 1918. I mean, there's just, we, we, you and I weren't around then. And most of the people, just about everyone listening to this podcast, they weren't around then. Um, so we haven't seen anything like this. And even back in 1918, you know, the, 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 the hit was not nearly as, as much in terms of, in today's terms, as, as what we're seeing now. And like I said, it's it's nice to see that the markets are up. It it brings investor confidence, but the fact of the matter is is that this is not going to last. And in fact, in terms of the economy, um, I think, and I may be off by saying this, but it's bad now, and it's probably going to get worse.
1: We're, we've seen the increase in cases, no doubt in term in terms of the virus, and and the thing that we haven't seen is because that they're these stimulus payments that are being made. The government is sending is sending money to everybody for the most part. Now they have spending cash. That when that ends, then they, they won't have that cash and they won't all have a job to go back to. We know for a fact that some of these businesses that are temporarily closed are actually permanently closed, at least at least with that particular owner. Exactly. They, They're, 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 they're not going to reopen because they don't have the resources to do so. Or if you think of something like a restaurant that really kind of scrimped to get by in the first place, and that was when they were packed. And now you have people, you know, six feet away from each other. Uh, It's just the economics just don't work.
0: You know, my, my, my wife and I, we've gone to a, a couple restaurants since things have reopened, obviously being very safe and, and practicing social distance and, and wearing masks and the like. And it is just kind of surreal to look around and see and you go to, you know, name any restaurant chain or any restaurant that, that you that you, you frequent and you walk in and immediately it just has a completely different atmosphere. And, and you know, they've got, and, you know, every other table's blocked off. They, they have it X'd out. You can't sit there. Uh, you know, we went we went for dinner and and at a very popular you know chain and and we're sitting at one table and the next table that's available that has someone at it is a, a, across the room, and I and I think that's indicative of 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 what we're looking at here and and the fact of the matter is is that you know this this pandemic has changed how we do things, whether you want to talk about how we work from home or how we spend our money or how we shop. I mean, it is, it is going to be a change that is not going to go away. We're not going to revert back to, to what we've done before. And I think you're dead on that, that these, you know, things like restaurants and, and, and small mom and pop stores and, and, and things like that are going to suffer the most because the stimulus money is going to run out. And I know Congress is debating another round of it. And, you know, is that possible? You know, we saw how fast the PPP money, um, you know, went out the door. That was, you know, a, a, massive, a massive amount of money in a very short amount of time. Um, you know, federal stimulus in terms of the Federal Reserve, that's not going to last. Uh, you know, the Fed is very restricted in terms of, of what, what it can spend its money on, uh, you know, by the Federal Reserve Act of, I think, 1918 or 1913, one of the two. Um, you know, it's, it's basically government debt. Um, so, you know, you're going to see these companies, you know, go through this, 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 this funding and then, then what it's gone and then that's it. And the prospect of it coming back is, you know, slim. And in that respect, then you're going to start seeing these companies declare bankruptcy. You're going to start seeing these companies just basically close their doors. And that means not only is that good and service out, out the door, but those employees are also out the door. And that's not going to change. And we're not going to see I I mean, we've talked about the myth of the v-shaped recovery. And it's great to think that it's going to happen. But it's not it. it, Let's just be very clear, very honest here, the v-shaped recovery is just not going to happen. I think right now the market is kind of testing where it's at 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 this point. But I think we're going to see a a correction soon. Um, I think it's going to it's going to fall back. We're starting to see it today um, for whatever reason. But that leads to a very grim economic picture. the Inter- The International Monetary Fund today even came out and suggested that um, global GDP they had they had suggested a three percent contraction uh, back in April. They have now revised that to a five percent contraction. So, and that's globally. I mean, that's a massive, massive hit, and that's going to that, that's going to reverberate um, well beyond
1: third quarter. I think. And also, uh, you mentioned the bankruptcies already this year the american bankruptcy institute has statistics through april we've seen commercial bankruptcies increase by 17% since last year that's just january through april but in april itself there was actually a 26% increase which isn't hard to believe right like, oh
0: yeah uh, i mean that's that's a huge thing and you know you even look and it, this is not necessarily just you know S- s- looking at just small companies and cause you brought up one in particular that I thought was, was very interesting. And this is a company that, um, had a, I believe a $50 billion valuation at one point. I mean, this was a, a huge, huge company and now it is declaring bankruptcy. And, 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 and that is, um, you know, just unbelievable. They can turn around that fast. We're talking about Chesapeake energy, which is based out of Oklahoma city, Um, and, and, you know, I'm familiar with this company being from Kansas and, you know, familiar with, with, with Chesapeake and and what they do and how they do it. But, you know, the energy sector is just, you know, it's just not good at this point. It's, it's not, it's not going to rebound quickly. And, And you have a company with a $50 billion valuation at one point that is now saying we just can't pay our bills anymore.
1: And and we should be clear on that because uh, it, it technically it hasn't filed for bankruptcy yet. They're going but, to. Uh, it's yeah, it's going to happen it's, because because it's so followed right. Like uh, I mean, you've basically seen uh, multiple reports from certain news entities that they will be doing it. That they've hired the advisors. That 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 they're going through that that they're going through that stage. You know, another thing to me, Matt, that's interesting about these bankruptcies is is basically like you know the so the bankruptcy helps. Uh, companies continue, uh, they, they, they restructure. And basically what that means, restructuring is that, that means that they they are able to remove some of the debt. Uh, somebody takes a haircut, oftentimes their bank, their lender, and that lender will take equity in the new company as compared to getting, getting paid the, the millions or tens or hundreds of millions of dollars of debt that they previously had. But we need to understand that when that debt goes away, that's a deflationary event you know we uh we we we're, we're trying to create inflation in the economy by printing this money but um, we are also allowing these entities to to go away basically or to come out in a different form and and that's that's a uh, that that is against uh, what uh, the Fed is trying to achieve uh, on an inflationary basis.
0: Yeah, let's let's be clear. Uh, you know, you seeing these companies, you know, declare bankruptcy. Whether you're a, a you know a, a Bloomingdale's or a Sachs or a or a large company like Chesapeake or something like that, or whether you're an even smaller company you know, the goal is that you come out, I say better, but you, know, you can you come out different in the end, but that's not necessarily a good thing. It's not it, it doesn't necessarily mean that all things are, are, are great, because it's not a lot of times, you know, in order to do that, you look at JCPenney, for example, you know, th- here's a company that's that's in, in the process of bankruptcy, and, and they're closing, I believe 250 some of their stores in just the US alone, I, you know, that's a serious reduction of service. I, and, and, you know, that means that when they come out on the other side, yeah, it's gonna be different and they're going to their debt load is going to be less, but their profit margin is going to be too. And, and, you know, all these things factor in to, to you look at the economy. And, and and it spells that, you know, we are going to be coming out of this looking a lot different as a as as, a, as an economy as we is before we can we went into it when things were great bull market and things were up it was the high it was the great times It was like the 20s you know we were we were living high on the hog it was great the world war was over we were or we after world war 2 i mean we, we were I think spending was outstanding things were great and and, and then just like with the with, with everything else it's cyclical then it has to come to a crashing halt and unfortunately this this i, I think it was going to happen at some point i just think the the the, the covid-19 pandemic just kind of you know hit the hit the gas to uh, you know accelerate that 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 uh, that drop off and and now here we are and interestingly enough, what you, uh, you know, in, in going back and forth, you, you mentioned that it, it's kind of unfortunate to, to say it, but as an investor, you, you have to scratch your head and wonder, well, if all these, if all these things are happening, maybe I should just, you know, not be in the market. That's not necessarily true. Uh, you know, I, it's not necessarily a time where you just pull all your money, put it in cash and, and, and hope for a recovery. Because there are some, you know, entities, some, some sectors out there that actually do well, when other companies aren't and and that's very interesting that and I thought that was so fascinating when you mentioned that and I want you to kind of go over that real briefly and, and and talk about you know what are what are some of these sectors that that perform well when we see record numbers of bankruptcies and 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 the economy the way it is what what are they
1: well and the and the ones that I was thinking of for this particular call are generally financial or industrial in nature, mm-hmm. um, are, 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 the entities that, that benefit. And these are, these are basically companies that help either struggling companies or struggling people with their restructuring, with their bankruptcies, with their basic and, and their advice that they need. You know, how do I, I'm, I'm an individual. I, I have, I have debts that are greater than my income. What, what can I do? Right. And, and, uh, and it, and it makes sense that a lot of these entities are, are attorneys, but, Attorneys are either, you know, uh, one one-person shops or, or partnerships. They're 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 generally not an investable, you know, public company. But we do have uh, we do have entities like investment banks and and also consultants and and even even auctioneers that we can invest in to participate. Companies that provide the services that people need during during times like this and, and for the sectors that are struggling
0: And that's, and it's interesting that, that you that you say that I mean because most people wouldn't even think of that they wouldn't I mean when you see business down you're thinking well that's that I'm going to throw my hands up and wait for wait for a recovery and then I'll invest uh, invest then and, and but there's actually there there are companies there are sectors out there that do perform well when other companies aren't and it's unfortunate because you don't want to see that you I mean, obviously, you want to see everything be picked up and everything move along an upward trajectory. But let's be honest, you know, it's it, whether it's the stock market or whether it's the economy, a, the economy, rather, that doesn't always happen. In fact, it very rarely <laughs> happens. Um, so so you know, you, it's just things that you have to be cognizant about now, without, uh, you know, for, I want to preface my next question by saying I don't want a recommendation from you. I don't I, th- these are not official recommendations that, that Brian Christopher is making to say you should buy this or you should what I want want to do is I want to say, are there any individual companies that investors could look at in the process of doing their homework and looking at, um, these sectors that, that they might want to key in on and see if they fit, you know, their investment strategy and their portfolio.
1: Yeah, there, there there are some great names out there and, uh, it's interesting with, with, with these names, they will benefit during times like these, but the fact of the matter is, you can't just run a business in anticipation of a downturn because mm. because of what we've seen, right? Right, right. The Fed's going to reduce interest rates. It's going to do these different things. And so um, they generally, these entities have other components of their business that will benefit during the good times as well. I see. But, but, like, So a great example is an investment bank named Houlihan Loki. Uh, the ticker's HLI. It's the largest financial restructuring practice in the world. They've basically, they've... They've advised on 12 of the 15 largest bankruptcies since 2000. Really, and these are household names, right? These are Lehman Brothers, these are WorldCom, this is Enron. Wow, um, you know th- th- those kind of names, and they're just they're just really good at what they do. Investment banks, in general, they help companies sell assets, help companies know what their assets are worth. In the restructuring space, in the bankruptcy space, there's just um, some more uh, nuanced knowledge and education that you have to have to be able to help people uh, go through that process. There's things you can and can't do, and the Hulahans one of the best entities for that. On the, also within the bankruptcy process, you have a lot of consultants. Um, the, the, the best uh, public company in that space is FTI Consulting. Uh, their ticker is FCN, C is in cowboy. Um, the, the the consultants will either uh, provide interim management services. For example, you might have a chief restructuring officer that is really kind of a, a, a partner with the CEO. The CEO will often remain in place, sometimes deserved, sometimes not. But he or she don't have, doesn't have the the knowledge to go through the bankruptcy process. And so you have a you have a CRO, and then also the CRO will often bring in. Some other consultants, but you—they basically function like employees. They—they right. they, they help the company do the things that they can and can't do in a bankruptcy. For example, pay their pre-petition debt. You can't—you—you—you can not pay uh, liabilities that you had—that uh, you had accumulated before you file. That's—that's uh, that's part of the process, and you—and you deal with those at the end. Right. Um, and then also I mentioned auctioneers, and that sounds sensible, right? Like we've had. Um, since 2015, we've had about 470 bankruptcies mm-hmm. in the energy space. Um, those are those are going to be producers. Those are going to be the uh, service companies and also the midstream companies that you know the pipelines that 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 move the energy. Um, when you when you have bankruptcies in a space like that, you're going to have these assets that become unproductive, and they might as well be monetized. And you could bring in a firm, an auctioneer. They'll come in they'll give you a bid for all of your assets. They'll say, Hey, I'm willing to, I'm willing to pay you X and they're going to take it on themselves to go be able to sell those for, you know, a higher price. Right. Elsewhere. Or they'll come in they'll actually run an auction for you. The, um, the biggest name in that space is called Richie brothers auctioneers, the tickers RBA B as in boy. And, uh, they're actually a $4.4 billion company. Um, and there's another interesting one that I want to share with you because sure. I recently learned about it. Uh, again, certainly not a recommendation. We're talking, we're talking 4.4 billion for Richie. This company ticker HGBL is another auctioneer based in Southern California. It has a $75 million market cap, but it's intriguing because its share price has literally tripled uh, in the past three months. Really? Since, since, since the bottom in March may actually have some names on their management team who are uh, industry veterans, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they can keep doing well. Um, but I, I mean, I, have, I haven't dug into them. I'm, and it's, it's one that I actually want to. <laughs> so, so, uh, I, I, I wanted to mention that and, that, and 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 you know how we've seen these uh, stock charts, right? And um, and many times the price since the end of March has gone kind of like 45 degrees, but for this entity, it's gone more like I don't know, 70. It's been wow. It's been a little bit, a little bit more straight up. Interesting. So, uh, those, those those kind of services are going to be, are in demand right now, and they're going to continue to be in demand um, for, you know, certain sectors of the economy.
0: That's that's an interesting take on, on how things are. I'm going to kind of cut it off short here, but absolutely fascinating conversation. I think the key takeaways here are one. The stock market is not the economy. We can say that over and over and over again, but it's something that as an investor, you need to understand that the way the stock market is behaving and the way the stock market behaves really anytime is not indicative of what the economy is doing. So you have to be cognizant of what that means. Um, we're, we're in a recession. Uh, and, and it, the likelihood of us getting out of it in, in a rapid period of time as, as some might suggest or, or hope for is, is probably not is not going to happen. I mean it's going take it's going to take, uh, it's gonna take some time. Um, how much time we don't know, but it's not going to be in the third quarter. Um, it may not even be in the fourth quarter. It may not be till 2021 till we start seeing a, 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 an economic you know, uptick. So, so you have to think of that. And I think the second takeaway here is that as an investor, there are things you can look at, to capitalize on current conditions. And what I mean by current conditions is we capitalize on company bankruptcies, company restructuring, um, and all these things that are happening that are forcing the economy that are forcing the economy down, um, or at least playing a, a role in it. Um, there are companies there are there are sectors out there and Brian has mentioned them that that you can look at and and find profit and as find potential profit for. So uh, you know, I think those are the key takeaways from this and and Brian, I certainly thank you for your time. He's Brian Christopher. Uh, he is the uh, co editor of profit line. Uh, he's also the the co-editor of flow matrix alert uh, he is with banning hill publishing former cpa uh certified in financial forensics and i'm you know ask him what that means because that's just awesome you'll that is a great conversation to have by the way um and, and he really knows his stuff and we thank you for your time uh, today here on the bull and the bear
1: uh thank you matt
0: and uh, so for Brian Christopher, I'm Matt Clark, and we'll be on again on Friday. We'll talk with Charles Sizemore and Adam O'Dell. We'll uh, have great stuff to, to, uh, to, to discuss then. Uh, don't forget that next week is the 4th of July holiday. Markets are closed on July 3rd, uh, so it'll be a shortened trading week. Um, so just bear that in mind in your in your in your short term strategy in terms of how you're uh, how you're playing things. But uh, other than that, I think that's going to do it for us. And uh, we certainly appreciate it. Again, uh, you check us out on uh, Apple Podcast. You can check us out on Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, our YouTube channel as well. Uh, you just go to YouTube.com and uh, type in the Bull and the Bear Podcast, and you'll you'll find us without much of an issue. Uh, leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Leave us a question. Anything like that. More than happy to take uh, to take those. Uh, the Bull and Bear. Bear at moneyandmarkets.com is our email address. So you can email us any of those comments or questions that you might have, and we look forward to uh, having your feedback. So until then, uh, for Brian Christopher, I'm Matt Clark, and uh, hopefully between now and then, you have safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. you.